What's up, everybody? I hope everybody is good. I want to say, like, we all know that I love heavy metal music. And one of my favorite bands in the world, Slipknot, unfortunately lost one of its original members this past week. He was no longer playing with Slipknot, but they're always going to be have, like, a brotherhood-type bond, right? Because they created four great albums together, which was the self-titled Slipknot, Iowa, The Blister Exists, and All Hope Is Gone, right? Because by the time they did Point Five, The Great Chapter, Joey was no longer part of the band. Point being, Joey, you were my second favorite drummer. Now, unfortunately, both of my favorite drummers are no longer with us. My first being the Rev of Avenged Sevenfold. I can't, I don't know how to put into words. It's very sad. Without somebody like Joey, who was a core member of the band, I can't believe that there's not that possibility that they're ever going to reunite again. Because you always have that hope, right? That, uh, well, they might have differences now, but there's always hope. That's why I'm excited for bands like Mudvayne. They got back together. You still get the original lineup of The Misfits. My Chemical Romance are getting back. You just never know. They created Iowa, which I will agree with you, Joey, is the heaviest album that I've probably ever heard in my life. Rest in peace, brother. Hopefully you're jamming out with Paul Gray. Alright, everybody, enjoy the show. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode, I'm excited because I got a new computer, so I have a really nice screen, I don't have a laptop anymore, it's this really big screen, it's very nice, you know what I mean, going up in the world, anyway, enough about me, let's get into it, the result of TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. TJ defeats Corey by split decision, 48-47 on all three cards. One judge gave it to Corey, the other two gave it to TJ. Pavia beats Phillips, majority decision, what a crazy fight. Darren Elkins beats Derek Miner. TKO punches, another crazy fight. Macy Barber defeats Miranda Maverick, decision split. Adrian Yanez beats Randy Costa. TKO. Brendan Allen beats Soriano by unanimous decision. Okay. 
the problem is I can defend the judges on giving it to TJ because they both had their moments and that fifth round was very crucial. A lot of people are going to say Corey did the more damage, but TJ had better positioning in most of the round. It was 2-2 going into the fifth. I had Corey winning, but I could also see them giving it to TJ. It was a crazy fight, man, back and forth. And I know the damage appearing on TJ's face is what's making a lot of people upset. However, I cannot say that about Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. Because I have no idea how Macy Barber won two rounds in two, in, in two of the judges' eyes. I don't get it. I do not understand. But hey, man, it is what it is. What's next for the winners? Um, for TJ is surgery, cause I heard he's gonna get surgery. But hopefully, when he comes back, we'll see him fight a top two guy. For Macy, she is. I don't think I have the rankings up. I will get them really fast. But she's number twelve, I believe. Um. Honestly, just keep fighting. Get another big fight. Like, this girl has all the potential of being a star. She knows it too. She's with Team Alpha Male now. So, she's the star. The sky's the limit. I was going to say the star's the limit. The sky's the limit for that girl. She's really good, man. She's super young. She's number 13. Hmm. I would fight Andrea Lee. Because I know Tatiana Suarez was supposed to fight Roxanne Montefiore, but she hurt her knee, so she's going to have to get another surgery. Speedy recovery, Tatiana. Like, that makes me sad. I know I'm going off topic for right now, but that makes me sad, right? Because... Tatiana, for the people that know who she is, they call her the female Khabib because her wrestling, like, I don't even know if Valentina can stop her wrestling because she's going to move up to 125. She was fighting at 115, but she's going to move up to 125. And her last win at, at 120, 115 was Nina Nunez. She used to be called Nina Antonov, but now it's Nina Nunez, who's ranked number seven. So, speed recovery to Tatiana. Hopefully, she could get back into the octagon soon. For Macy Barber, for Andrea Lee, for Miranda Maverick, I guess give her Talia Santos. Mm-hmm. And then for Corey Sanhagen, listen, man, I spoke to Rob Font, who is, I believe he's number three. Rob Font's number four. So Peter and Sterling are going to fight in October. TJ's out for a little bit. And even though he lost, 
I believe Rob should fight Cody because he already beat Cody. Marlon's gonna fight Marab Dizwashes Wheelie. Pedro Munoz is fighting Jose Aldo next weekend. So the only guy left for Rob to fight is Corey Sanhagen. And I think I think Rob would do it because a lot of people believe Corey won that fight, so it's not gonna be looked at all. Loser versus a, a dude on a losing streak versus a guy on a winning streak is gonna be looked at a dude that was on the wrong end of a bad judge's scorecard versus this dude on a winning streak that just took out former champ Cody Garbrandt. That's how I believe that fight is gonna be looked at. Because right now it's rumored that Peter Yan and T I was gonna say TJ Dude. Peter Yan and Aljermaine Sterling are gonna fight on October thirtieth on Fight Island at UFC two sixty seven. Let's let's see what exactly is it that happened to TJ. Let's see medical suspension TJ Dillashaw faces a hundred and eighty day term. Former two-time Bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw is looking at more time on the shelf after UFC on ESPN 27. Dillashaw, who returned from a two-year U.S. anti-doping agency suspension that stemmed from a positive drug test for EPO, revealed he suffered a displacement bucket handle tear of his lateral meniscus, lateral collateral ligament in his hand, in his hard-fought split decision win over Corey Sanhagen on Saturday and is expected to undergo surgery. Also facing a 180-day term is Adrian Yanez, who remained unbeaten in the UFC when he scored a come-from-behind TKO of fellow prospect Randy Costa to earn a performance of the night bonus. Yanez needs an x-ray on his nose or he could be forced on the sidelines until next year. Dang, that's rough. But 180 days is like four months. I'm pretty sure TJ was going to wait that long anyway. Because Jan is starting fight in October. So he's probably not going to fight again until next year. Well, he's definitely not going to fight again until next year. Because he's suspended for 180 days. What am I saying? Let's see who else got medically suspended. The Diana Bilbita? No, it wasn't her. Ellis Reed. I don't know what Sergeri Eubanks has in her hands, but that poor girl's orbital is broken. Let me see. Suspended for 45 days with no contact. Wow, really? She didn't, Sanjar didn't get a suspension. Mickey Gall got no suspension. Ian Heinrich is probably going to be out for a while. Brendan Allen got no suspension. Andy Costa suspended for 45 days. Rent the Maverick suspended for 30 days with no contact. Macy Barber didn't get a suspension, really? 
Derek Minor suspended for 30 days with no contact. Derek Elkins suspended for 45 days. Suspended for 180 days or until left knee is cleared. Okay. So, unless TJ goes to a doctor and be like, can you look at my knee? And the doctor says, no, you're okay to fight. He'll only be suspended for 45 days because he has a cut on his eye. But they've already said TJ's going to surgery. So the next fight's to make. In my opinion, since the title fight's already going to happen, you make Rob Font versus Corey Sanhagen. Put it on that November card, bro. Let, let's see Corey Sanhagen. He got 30 days. Put it on that November card. That November card is looking stacked. We'll get into it later. But it's looking stacked. So yeah, Rob Font versus Corey Sanhagen is where my head's at. Let's move on to UFC this weekend. Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. Man, my heart's kind of torn because for the first time ever, I'm more excited for the Bellator fights this weekend than I am the UFC fights. Uriah Hall will take on Sean Strickland at the UFC Apex. You know what's funny? I don't know if they made this event because of how big the July 31st Bellator card is. Or they just didn't have a main event because originally Sean Strickland and Uriah Hall were supposed to fight on the pay-per-view card next weekend but they moved them to this card so i don't know if it's that a fight fell through or they just made this card up because they wanted to compete with bellator i don't know but i'm gonna pick i'm gonna go with the underdog i'm gonna go with strickland did you guys see that video of sean strickland beating up his training partner because he did like that one dirty move John Jones does to his opponents to like yank their shoulder out of the socket. That was crazy. I became a fan. I'm picking Cheyenne Baez over Gloria Del Paula. Paula. I'm picking my boy Brian Barbarina to be Jason Witt. And I'm going to pick Nico Montayo to be Wu Yanan. Those are my picks, so I'm going Strickland, Brian Barberina, and Nico Montoyo, oh, and Shayna ba- and Cheyenne Sh- Baez. Did I say Shayna? It was Cheyenne, sorry. So those are my three picks. Now, 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 we're going to talk about the fight I've been waiting for since the Bellator Grand Prix Finals were announced. Wait, I thought Brett Primus was fighting. Why not? Anyway, anyway. The, the fight I've been waiting for since the Bellator Grand Prix was announced. 
Patricio Pitbull Ferry versus AJ the Mercenary McKee. Cannot wait. Don't call me when these fights are going on because I ain't going to answer. I'll tell you guys that much. And we got a good undercard too. You got Matt Brunel versus Emmanuel Sanchez. El Matador. That's my boy right there. Usman Normagomeda versus Manny Moreau. Usman might kill him. Brett Primus versus Islam. Maibdov. 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 Mamidov, Islam Mavidov, Goichi Yamauchi versus Chris Gonzalez. What a card, bro. So for the main event, I'll give you my picks. I'll give you my picks and then I'll set the scene. I'm going AJ. I'll tell you why. Because I heard. He has two fights left on his contract. Can you imagine if he wins this tournament and then he goes up to 155, beats Patricio again, and walks out of Bellator champ champ status? Can you believe that? Like, if that happens, immediate title shot in the UFC, please. Immediate. Matt Brunel versus Emmanuel Sanchez. I gotta go with El Matador, bro. That dude's too good. The only problem is in his last fight, he was fighting Patricio Pitbull. Patricio Pitbull's the man. Usman Nurmagomedov versus Manny Moreau. Again. Like, here's the problem. So you got Islam Mahashev and Usman Nurmagomedov. These guys are better than Khabib. Their wrestling's on par with Khabib's. But the reason I say they're better is because their striking is better. Even his cousin Umar Nurmagomedov is better than him because of his, his striking's way. Like their wrestling is all, I would say, on the same level. But their striking is better than Khabib's. Brett Primus versus Islam Mamidov. I'm going to go with... Brett Primus, he took out my boy Michael Chandler with some leg kicks, so I'm going to go with Brett Primus. Like, you take out Michael Chandler, you got my boy, because Michael Chandler's my boy. I love Michael Chandler. Goichi Yamauchi versus Chris Gonzalez. i go with Goichi. Are there any prelims? Dude, so, so yesterday was the press conference for this fight, right? And one of the reporters t tells AJ, I mean, tells Pitbull, I, I heard privately that you feel that you're getting disrespected by the... He was talking to Pitbull that he was getting disrespected by AJ and his dad. And AJ goes, like, bro... It's no disrespect. You want to talk about disrespect? Disrespect is you telling me you're going to beat my ass in front of my dad. That was AJ to Pitbull. He's like, you want to talk about disrespect? I wanted you to sign a newspaper for me and you just crossed out my face. That's disrespectful. 
We can talk about this right here. And then he, that's when he, after she said the newspaper thing is when he says, you crossed out my face in the newspaper. He said, you're going to beat my ass in front of my dad. AJ goes, I'll beat your ass in front of your wife and your kids. And dude, that blue pitbull, like, that guy did not like that. Then he goes, Hey, don't talk about my kids. He throws the microphone down. He threw the microphone down. He got up, and AJ's like, "What, well, bro, you want to fight? We can fight. Let's fight. Like, AJ was cool, calm, and collected. Pitbull was very emotional. You could see it in his face. And then AJ pulls a Conor McGregor. Like, remember when they were in Ireland, and Conor McGregor reached over the table and grabbed Jose Aldo's UFC belt? AJ did that, but unlike Jose, that didn't really do anything to Connor. Patricio Pitbull lost his mind. He threw everything that was on the table down, and like he told them, "Don't touch me, bro." He walked out of the press conference, socked the door, and I'm like, "Dude, that probably almost broke his hand." And he told AJ, I am professional. I'm ready to fight. I was already excited for this fight. I'm 50 times more excited now. Bro, I cannot wait. I'm going to be like a kid at a Christmas morning tomorrow. Bro, I'm going to set this thing for you. On the tablet, I'm going to have my my tablet playing the UFC fights. And then on the TV, I'm going to have the Bellator fights going on. That's how excited I am for tomorrow. Move on. UFC 267. This will be the event that is a pay-per-view but not a pay-per-view. Meaning it'll be UFC 267 but is going to be free on ESPN. Free in the sense that we don't have to pay an additional $70, right? Like, if you have ESPN Plus, there it is right there. You got it. So far, the rumored fight card is Jan Brakovic versus Glover Teixeira for the UFC light heavyweight belt. Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Jan versus the Uf- for the UFC bantamweight belt. Not versus... Amanda Hibas versus Varina Janaroba, a strawweight fight. I cannot wait for this one. Welterweight fight. Li Ji Lang versus the Wolf Hamza Chimaev. Light heavyweight bout. Michelle Alsi Yusek versus Shamel Gamzatov. Heavyweight belt, Walt Harris versus Tai Tuivasa. Tai Tuivasa. Cannot wait. I'm going to be up at 8 a.m. on October 30th watching all these fights. But one thing I want to get into real fast. And you guys can tell me. Like, please DM me. I'll put something about it up on the social medias. Do you think... 
so right now, if you have ESPN Plus, you pay sixty bucks for the year, right? Or six or five ninety nine a month. And then when you want to watch the big fights, it's seventy dollars. Hopefully they don't increase it on us again. But if they do, the increased price. Now, now, do you think like if you paid an, like fifteen dollars a month or like a hundred and fifty dollars for the whole year, and you get all the fights? Would that be something you guys would be interested in? Because I would, like, I would pay that if I get to watch all the fights. Like, because I'm telling you, I watch them all. I'm not everybody, but I watch them all. And then, if you want, they should have tiers, right? So they should have that, like, a premium plan. And then, they should have the one they have now. Like, if you if you want, you get the five ninety nine. you'll get all the five nine. And then, for the less hardcore fan... You could say. But just to get back to the fan base, right? And then you have it set as it is right now. 70 bucks for the pay-per-views. But for the premium one, you can set that and you'll get everything. Right? Because to a lot of people, well, what the Because, like, I know people that aren't big fans, but they'll get the big fights like the Conor McGregor's and AD is, right? But I'm talking about, like, to give something back to the to the... To the hardcore fan base. Because that's something I would pay. But that's me. I don't know if anybody else is with it. Because I believe the reason they're doing this. For one is going to be in prime time. So it's going to be similar to when Habib fought Justin Gaethje. But of course. No disrespect to Jan and Glover. They're not the kind of stars that Habib was. No disrespect to Aljamain or Peter Jan. But they're not the stars right. And the second reason is the following weekend is UFC 268. And boy, is that a doozy. Ready? Ready? You guys ready for this rumor? Well, it's not rumored anymore because the official announcements came out today. It's going to be... It's rumored where it's going to take place. Ready? 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 Ready for this? Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington too. Let's see. Back in December 2019, UFC welterweight champion Kamar Usman beat controversial loudmouth Colby Covington at UFC 245. And now there are plans for the two to meet in the octagon once again. In the most gripping and exciting title fight of all time, Usman retained the welterweight belt via a fifth round knockout, having already broken the All-American Covington's jaw earlier in the third. That's rumored because I've never seen a scan or anything. Colby does say he's like, I think I broke my jaw. Two years on and the pair have been commissioned to fight the rematch with the day targeted for UFC 268 on November 6th at Madison Square Garden. As it stands right now, it is UFC 268. The date and the venue are to be announced. Having fought twice already this year, Kamaru Usman has looked as dangerous as ever. In 2021, after an emphatic second-round knockout of Jorge Masvidal in April, extending his win streak in the UFC to 14, beaten in that statistic only by Hall of Famer Anderson Silva, 16, Usman looks like one of the scariest challenges in the divisions has ever seen.
Covington, on the other hand, hasn't appeared inside the octagon since September 2020 following his TKO victory over former champion Tyrone Woodley. His ability is not to be underestimated, however. While their first encounter at UFC 245 left Covington looking as though he'd fought blindfolded, the fight was very close at times. The American contender certainly had the ability to hurt the UFC's first ever African champion. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go, here we go. As soon as his ball stops shrinking and he comes back to earth, he can fight me again, Covington said. But the thing is, he's off the grid. He's probably got his phone on airplane mode. He's denying the, all the UFC's calls. He doesn't want to sign the contract. He's just hoping for some alien invasion to happen where he can pick some other lightweight washout to fight it. So, there it is. So, UFC 267 and 268 are going to be a week apart. And if it really does happen on November 6th, it's the day after NotFest. I'm going to NotFest. That's off topic, right? But I just wanted to put it out there. Going to NotFest. Anyway. And the co-main event. Bro, if this is not the co-main event, I don't know what's going to top this fight. This is going to be the people's... Well, not really, because the main event can also qualify as the people's main event. Dang, the UFC spin fire September, October, and November and December is rumored Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Okay. So the co-main event for that would be Did I get rid of it? Oh no, no, no it's right here. Ready? Ready? Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Woo! Let me say it again. Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Woo! Who's not excited? If you're not excited for that, do not talk to me, bro. If you come at me with Michael Chandler does not deserve this fight because he's one and one in the UFC, go talk to somebody else. Do not come to me, okay? Just don't, because. Been watching Michael Chandler for the past. I can't say I don't remember. What I want to say twelve years, but I don't know if that's too long. I'll look it up right now. I'll tell you exactly when I started watching Michael Chandler fight. Anyway, so Michael Chandler, as you know, and Justin Gaethje. Have have been have been um having like a little Twitter beef, and Michael Chandler accuses him like he doesn't want to fight me. This this and that, and then Justin Gaethje goes, "This dude's talking out of it. He doesn't know what he's talking about." I was gonna say talking out of his ass, but. 
try to keep the cursing to a minimum here. Let's see, let's see. All right. So the first time I seen Michael Chandler fight was March 12, 2011. Been watching the guy for 10 years, bro. Well, 11 at this point, right? Because we're in... No, yeah, we're in for 10 years. So, you want to come at me and tell me? You want to come at me and tell me? He doesn't deserve a fight with Justin Gaethje? Don't give, don't give me that. Did I? Oh, no, it's right here. So, this article I found, top-ranked UFC lightweight Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje have been going back and forth on social media as the hype around a potential fight between the two men continues to grow. Michael Chandler is the most recent of the two to take shots at the other, responding to some of Gaethje's previous comments by stating the following, Let's make it happen then. The fans want it. I've been asking for it. And then, I believe last week I talked about the Twitter dispute these two guys had. So it's finally going to happen. UFC 268, Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. I can't wait. Cannot wait. And then UFC, I'm doing your job for you. You put Rob Fawn versus Corey Sanhagen on that card. Okay, let's go back to Colby Covington versus Kamar Usman. On the surface, you look at that fight, you go, Kamaru Usman beats him everywhere. He beats him on the feet. He beats him in grappling. He beats him in the clinch. Let me ask you something. The first time they fought, 95% of that fight took place on the feet. Actually, scratch that. 100% of that fight took place on the feet, right? Right? Kobe won rounds. Don't ask me which ones because I don't remember. I just remember how good that fight was. Kobe won rounds. Now you're going to tell me, oh, well, that was before he started training. This is Kamar Usman. That's before he started training with Trevor Whitman and stuff like that. Bro, get out of here with that because I'll tell you the X Factor in this fight. The X Factor is Kobe didn't wrestle. What happens when Kobe wrestles? And I understand these are just accolades, but Kamar Usman was a Division II wrestler, which is very prestigious in its own right. But Kobe was a D1 wrestler. Division 1. That has to attribute to something, right? And Kobe, like, I understand the way Kobe is, but Kobe comes out and says, Oh, well, you know, he wasn't that good at wrestling because he wrestled Division 2. I wrestled Division 1. That has to attribute to something. The X Factor is Kobe's wrestling, and can he withstand the power? Of Kamar Usman. Because I'll tell you one thing. If it plays out the way the first fight played out. I'll give Kamar Usman the win. But the X Factor here is. Kobe Covington's wrestling. And both of these guys cardio. Which one of them is going to give out first. And by any indication. They both can go all five rounds. And then with Michael Chandler. Versus Justin Gaethje. Can. Michael Chandler outpaced Justin Gaethje by using his wrestling because 
Justin Gaethje reminds me of a smaller version of Chuck Liddell where they're very good wrestlers, but they use it to counter-wrestle. Like, they use it for takedown defense and stuff like that. Like, he won't use his wrestling offensively. He'll use it defensively. My thing is, can Chandler use his wrestling offensively, take him down, and beat him down? So, we're still a couple months away, right? My early predictions are... Kobe Covington and Michael Chandler come away with the win. A lot of people aren't going to like that, but those are my... I'll tell you why. The wrestling and the cardio. I wonder, because I know Michael Chandler can withstand. I don't know if he can go five hard, hard rounds, but I know he can go three to four hard rounds. I know he's got power, and I know Justin's got power too, but I've seen Michael knock dudes out with one hit. So we'll see. I'm excited, man. And then you put Rob Fine, Corey. I keep saying it so the UFC can hear this and go. We're going to do it, Adrian. Don't worry. We're going to put Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font on this MSG card. I wonder what else they're going to put on here. They might even put Mackenzie Dern versus Miranda. I mean... No, yeah, Miranda Rodriguez. I was going to say Miranda Hebas, but I'm like, that's Amanda Hebas. I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Bellator has officially announced Michael Venom Page versus Douglas Lima to headline a card in London, England. Here we go, this is from MMA Junkie. A must-see welterweight rematch headlines Bellator's MMA return to the United Kingdom on Friday, October 1st. Again, bro, October is hot right now. October is hot right now. Former three-time champion Douglas Lima returns to the cage for the first time following a pair of title defeats at 185 and 170. When he faces red-hot Michael Venom Page at SSE, Arena in London. The main event, the main card of the event titled Bellator London, Lima versus MVP2 will air live at 4 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Page 34 will return to fight in his home city for the first time since 2019 when he looks to avenge his lone defeat of his professional career when he was knocked out by Lima in round two of their. Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix semifinal bout. Two years ago, Page is 5-0 since the loss. The comeback is always bigger than the setback. It always happens. It's ran in the stars, Page said in, in the release. The one and only MVP is back and I will have my redemption in front of my hometown. The only way I know how in Venomous style. The 33-year-old Lima defeated Rory McDonald in their rematch at Bellator 232 to regain the welterweight title in the finals of the Grand Prix, but Lima hasn't won since that fight, losing a middleweight title bid to Gegard Mousasi by decision in 2020 before dropping his 170-pound crown in June to unbeaten Yaroslav Amosov by wide decision. MVP has put together an impressive string of wins 
but when he gets back in the cage with me, the end result is going to be the same as the first time, Dima said. Right now, I'm on a mission to put the Bellator belt around my waist. Anyone standing in my way will be dismantled. Running out the four main card events for the wins. Robert with... Okay. Anyway. When I first saw this, I go, okay, what's going on here? Because after... After... Excuse me. After Lima lost to Amosov, I'm like, okay, they're going to do Paige and Amosov for the belt. But then I saw this. Because leading up to Paige's last fight, he's saying he wasn't very happy with Bellator because of the, the level of competition they were giving him. And he's got a point, right? Because besides Paul Daly, the only elite fighter Michael Venom Page ever fought was Douglas Lima. And he lost that fight, right? So it, it begs the question... Is MVP really as good as he shows, or is it just that he's good against that level of competition, but when it comes to higher competition, none of that flashy stuff's going to work? But we'll see, right? And the second reason I believe they made this is I believe MVP, I believe this could be That's why they didn't give him the title shot. Because he's already saying he's not happy, right? So let's say he goes in there and beats Amosov. He could jump ship as Bellator champion and then cause Bellator to find a new champion. Because then your argument is, well, you know, the organizations just vacate the belts and they call a new champion. Yes, yes, they do. But the fans, the fans know. The fans are always going to be like, well, is he really the champion? Like, the same thing with Khabib. Like, you're telling me that Charles Oliveira doesn't eat away at him a little bit. You're telling me that when Peter won the belt, it didn't eat away at him a little bit because it wasn't Henry? These guys are fighters, bro. This is their primal instinct. They need to be the alpha males. That's what you're telling me? Because I guarantee you, I go and talk to one of them, they're going to tell me, no, I want to be him. Because that shows that I'm the top dog. They don't want that doubt. They don't want that doubt. So... In order to avoid that, I guarantee you this is MVP's last fight on his contract. If they don't get him to re-sign, worst case scenario is MVP wins, he goes somewhere else. Best case scenario is he wins, they can re-sign him for less money. Or he tries to go somewhere else, but usually it doesn't work out if you're coming off of a loss. Like, where else are you going to go to? PFL. I believe that's the only reason this fight's happening. Because if not, if not, they would have done MVP versus Amosov. 
If MVP wins, him and Bleema fight for the title a second time. But they're doing this fight now because I believe this is MVP's last fight on his contract. And I believe this. I have not talked to Paradigm Sports. I haven't talked to anybody, but I believe that the problem is that this is MVP's last fight. That's why they're doing this to make one big show in London if he's really going to try to jump ship to the UFC. Okay. So the other day I was listening to Chow Sonnen's new show on ESPN. And I forget the name of the co-host. I do apologize. But his co-host asked him, Chow, when are we going to get MMA in the Olympic Games? And then Chow goes, he's like, well, they used to be there. But, you know, they used to call it something different. There are elements there like freestyle, karate, um... Samba, is Samba part of the, the Olympics? Um, judo, boxing, and so on and so forth. But the co so if there were to be an MMA team, would like would you would you want to see it? He goes, yes, and I would like to be a part of it. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to look up if Sambo's part of the Olympics. I'm putting Sambo part of Sambo. It's not, but it's saying Sambo can become... Olympic sport at Los Angeles Games in 2028. Okay. The Olympics are going to be here in LA? Try, I'm going to try to go. So as of right now, it's not. But it can be. So going back to what I was saying. There's elements of it, right? But I'm like, Okay. Maybe MMA because there are a lot of rules and like for example with since they're young they're usually the younger athletes. For this example, I'm gonna use stars like people well known in this. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be MMA though. For this example, I'm gonna talk about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I would like to see Brazilian Jiu Jitsu a part of the games because the culture is very big. Without jiu-jitsu, I don't know if MMA would be as popular as it is today because of the Gracies. So, if Sambo can make it to the 2028 games, I want to see jiu-jitsu try to be a part of the 2028 games. And I'm going to tell you who I would put for Team USA. And I'm going to use well-known people, even though if this comes to fruition, it's probably going to be youngsters. Hell, even probably one of the dude's brothers could be a part of it. So you guys ready? Originally, originally, I was going to say, you go Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Jake Shields, Gordon Ryan, and Gary Tonin. Like, let's do a five-man team. But then I said, 
let's take the two MMA superstars out. And I would put in the Freak Bros, Gio and Richie. Because originally, I thought Gio and Richie were born in Mexico. But then I ta- I talked to Richie today. He's like, no, I was born in the U.S. And the rules say, a bylaw to rule 41 of the Olympic Charter states that athletes with dual citizenship can represent the country they choose. And athletes who gain new citizenship or wish to change their Olympic status can do so if three years have passed since they competed for their previous country. And I asked Richie, I'm like, so you were born in the year? I'm like, if Jiu-Jitsu was part of the Olympics, which country would you represent? He told me the U.S. So I haven't talked to Gio about it, but I'm going to assume Gio's going to have the same line of thinking. So I would use them as the five components. Now you're going to ask me, yeah, but Gio and Richie only do no gi. And they're probably going to want the gi to keep it traditional. Fine. That's fine. Because I guarantee you, you tell them you're going to go represent your country. Those guys will put on a gi to represent their country. I guarantee it. But yeah, man. Put jujitsu in the games, please. Who do I got to talk to? I will talk to somebody. Like, if you hear this and you know who I have to talk to, please get in touch with me. You can message me on my Instagram at Punch in the Mouth Official. I see it. Please, if somebody does hear this, I want it to be a legit person. Please don't troll me. I don't like that stuff. But yeah, that's who I would pick. I would pick Gordon Ryan, Jake Shields, Gary Tonin. Gio Martinez and Richie Martinez. So the other day, the other day, I was surfing the web, and then I go, I read the Donahue Death Squad breaks up, and the most recent incarnation of the Donahue Death Squad was Craig Jones. Nikki Rodriguez, Gordon's little brother, Nikki Ryan. Ethan Krillistan. Krillistan. Ten. Gordon Ryan and Gary Tonin. So at first I'm like, oh, because they like to play jokes. This is a joke. But then I go to Gordon Ryan's Instagram page and he goes. The OG squad is back in business. Call us Team New Wave Jiu-Jitsu. And it's a picture of himself and his two teachers, Gary Tonin and John Danaher. Whereas Craig puts a picture of himself, Nicky Rodriguez, Ethan, and... Nikki Ryan. I believe these guys are going to be called B Team. I think that's a giveaway because they're staying in Puerto Rico. And I believe, no, I don't believe, I know Gordon is in Texas, and I believe Gary and John went with him. I believe breakup isn't the right word when it comes to the DDS squad. I believe the right word is hiatus. 
because this is what I believe is happening. And they don't want to tell us, but I know. I know. I don't know. I really don't, but I'm just saying. I have a feeling. Usually when I have these type of feelings, I'm right. They're going to build the team separately. And then in X amount of years, they're going to come back to form the Donahurt Death Squad again with these new savages that they've all found during their time apart. That's what I believe. I haven't talked to John Donahurt. I haven't talked to Gordon. I haven't talked to any of these guys. But I do believe that the right word is hiatus, not breakup. What do, you, what do you guys think? Let me know. Again, DM me or email me. It's all on my Instagram. Canelo Alvarez, Caleb plan fight talks break off with sources saying deal is dead. Canelo Alvarez's quest to become undisputed champion has hit a major roadblock. Boxing's top star was on the verge of a deal to meet Caleb Plant on September 18th in Las Vegas. A PBC on Fox pay-per-view. A pat was in the works for weeks. Talks broke off earlier this week and the deal is now 100% dead. Multiple sources told ESPN on Wednesday. Alvarez and Plant are now seeking new opponents for their fall fights. Rather than facing each other in a bout that would have unified all four 168-pound titles, Alvarez was set to earn a career high, guaranteed upwards of $40 million, while Plant was due to make an excess of $10 million, both career highs. Besides the one-fight deal, Alvarez also extended to a two-fight deal that included a stay-busy fight in December in his native Mexico. ESPN's pound-for-pound number one boxer and Al Heyman, the founder of PBC, were closing in on an agreement after a long, complicated negotiations, but talks broke off at the 11th hour over a disagreement in the contract. The contract was passed back and forth between Alvarez's team and Heyman over the weekend, sources said. Following multiple edit requests, the deal collapsed over the, the stalemate. His bark is bigger than his bite, Plant told ESPN during a phone conversation Tuesday evening. Canelo was offered the highest guarantee of his career. He was set to make $40 million plus Mexican TV rights and his Hennessy sponsorship. No problem. Let's fight. We, g- we gave it to him. Then they wanted the upside of the gate and pay-per-view revenue. No problem. <laughs> Let's rumble. It's always agreed to that and it was a title unification bout. No rematch for either fighter. Towards the end of the negotiations, they ask for a rematch when they lose. No problem, you can have the rematch as well. I just want to fight, Plant told ESPN. He agreed to his side of the deal two weeks ago with no argument about money or any stipulation. Besides the one-way rematch clause, it would only go into effect if Alvarez lost, which Plant said he agreed to. There was also the matter... I got lost. There was also the matter of ring size. Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders battle over distance inside the ropes ahead of their May fight, which Alvarez won by the ninth round. He fractured the Brit's orbital bone. In the end, Saunders got his wish by a 22 by 22 foot ring, 
Nevada State Athletic Commission guidelines call for a standard 20 by 20 ring. Platt agreed to it. The Nashville native said the Starfighter had other ridiculous requests. One that is absurd is that if I get injured or sick, then he has, then he gets a late replacement for the same amount of guaranteed money. But if he gets injured or sick, then we gotta wait for him. Platt added, "We're seven and a half weeks from the fight. We've lost valuable time." That should be spent on promoting and drug testing for a fight of this magnitude. I question whether legacy or money is his real motive. We've been waiting for him to get the deal done with his wedding, shooting his TV show, his golf tournament, and now have tried to give him everything he wants and more to make this ha fight. I'm more than willing, able, and ready to fight Canelo Alvarez on any date. Those are real facts. And if anyone has something to say differently, we have the paperwork to prove it. Time is running out for Alvarez to secure an opponent and platform if he plans to fight on Mexican Independence Day as he traditionally does. A plan B option per sources is in return at 175 pounds for a title tilt with Russia's Dmitry Bivol on the zone. There's always a chance he misses out fighting on Mexican holiday. Another drawn-out negotiation in 2019 forced Alvarez to miss the September day and instead fight in November a KO victory over Sergey Kovalov. Alvarez's two-fight deal with Matchroom Boxing Eddie Hearn expired following his May TKO victory over Saunders, opening the door for Alvarez to seek a one-fight deal with Heyman's team and a chance at undisputed status. I'm coming, my friend, Alvarez said in the ring after he beat Saunders. Man, as a warning to plant. The deal negotiated by Alvarez, reigning trainer of the year, Eddie Ronoso, would have marked Alvarez's return to pay-per-view platform. He has headlined on nine times since his fight with Shane Mosley in, in 2012. Those battles included mega fights with Floyd Mayweather in 2013 and a pair of with bitter rival Gennady Golovkin. Now Alvarez returned to the, the zone, the platform, has streamed his past six fights beginning in December of 2018, win over Rocky Fielding, following the rematch. The delivering Alvarez to Fox would have been a coup for Heyman, whose three-year deal with the broadcast platform expires later this year, but includes a network option for a fourth year per sources. A fight between Alvarez and Plant would have been sandwiched between two other major pay-per-view fights. Manny Pacquiao vs. Errol Spence on August 21st and Tyson Fury vs. Deontay Wilder on ESPN slash Fox. There was a reason to believe Alvarez would link up with PBC for a multiple fights. If Alvarez plans to remain at 168 pounds, he's ESPN's number one super middleweight. Heyman offers the best available opponents. There's Jamar Charlo, the undefeated brash, Talking middleweight champion who has long pushed for a meeting with Alvarez. Heyman also advises David Benavides, the former 168-pound title holder, who many in the industry be believe that will present the toughest challenge for Alvarez. With his relentless volume punching and size, and don't count out future fights with Spence, he is currently campaigning campaigns at 147, but owns a larger frame. He figures to move up to 154 next year. Perhaps a fight with Plant 
can be revisited at a later date, even sooner if Alvarez bypasses September 18th. For now, Alvarez is left to find his next foe. Alright, so basically, according to Robert Plant, Canelo Alvarez wanted some ridiculous things to happen. I hope the fight could happen. We need more undisputed champions. Because I don't like this what ifs in boxing. Like, I don't like the fact that Anthony Joshua is saying, I'll give up the belts just to fight Tyson Fury. Like, I don't want that at this point. The belts have become part of the storyline for me. Like, okay, you beat him, but now he has to go and fight these other guys to see if he's really the undisputed champion. Like, keep defending the belts. Unfortunately, the COVID happened. Unfortunately, not unfortunately. Like, because this fight fell through because it was supposed to happen August 14th and the fight fell through because of arbitration. But anyway, then the Deontay Wilder fight got pushed back to October, so we'll see. I hope he beats Alexander Youssef on September... It's September 25th. He's fighting the same day as UFC 266. And then October 9th, we'll see what happens with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Conor McGregor's social media posting. But... I guess he saw Khabib's tweet that says, Good always defeats evil. Congratulations, Dustin Poirier. That was Khabib implying that because Dustin Poirier is a good person, he would always be Connor. And because Connor, in Khabib's eyes, evil, he's never going to beat someone like Dustin. Now, I will always be Connor's fan. Like, that guy's story of being on welfare and becoming the biggest MMA fighter in the history of the company. Like, people say he could push that, but Conor, the way the way the Americans love that guy is something crazy. Like, I would say, like, oh, if it's only in Ireland, yeah, just in Ireland. But, dude, it's worldwide. Like, even Russians love that guy. And I, I bet you Irish people love Khabib, too. But that's beside the point. But what Connor said in response to that, and I understand I'm a nobody, but dude, that, that's a low blow and that's crossing the line, and I can't support that. So Connor's reply to that was So COVID is good and your father is evil. Now, if you don't understand what that means, Habib's father died of COVID complications. Like, in my personal views, like, you don't talk about somebody's family. Like, even that stuff with Dustin's wife, like, I wasn't supporting that. I was disgusted by that. I'm disgusted by this. Like, it, it gets to the point, like, again, I, I will always love Connor, but it gets to the point, like, how much of this is okay and, like, how much of it is it going to be that we're always going to give him a pass when he does things like this. Because don't forget, he also said, told Khabib, your wife's a towel mate because he's making fun of his religion because 
Muslims, their religion, you're not allowed to see the wife unless she's in her hijab because it's only for the ma- for their husband's eyes. So I guess that day she didn't have a hijab, so she put a towel over her face. Like, it's gross, bro. I don't know, man. Make no mistake about it. I want to see Connor come back and win. But I do hope that if it's just the fact that his leg is broken and he's sitting there bored and that either his team or he know like his team probably told him to fuck to delete it but he knows he messed up because he deleted it right after but not before all the media outlets picked it up and took screenshots of it okay last thing and then I'll let you guys out of here Rob Emerson versus Felony Charles Bennett booked for second game bread fighting championship event Dope. Charles Bennett's coming back already. Okay, we'll read this one. Amanda Nunes test positive for COVID-19 fight with Juliana Pena at UFC 265 canceled. The upcoming UFC 265 card just took a major hit after two-division champion Amanda Nunes test positive for COVID, which means her fight with Juliana Pena has been scrapped. Sources close to the situation confirmed the news to MMA fighting on Thursday following an initial report from ESPN. Nunez was scheduled to defend her bantamweight title against Pena in the co-main event, but unfortunately, the bout has now been pulled from the card set for Houston on August 7th. UFC Chief Business Operations Officer Hunter Campbell told ESPN that the plans to rebook the fight at a later date once Nunez is healthy enough to return to action, but there's no timeline for when that might happen. Nunez was making her return to action after successfully defending her featherweight belt title earlier this year in a lopsided first-round submission win over Megan Anderson. As for Pena, she was seeking her first title after joining the promotion from the Ultimate Fighter reality show. Pena has gone 6-2 in her UFC career, including her most recent win over Sarah McMahon that helped her earn a title shot against Nunez. With Nunez versus Pena scrapped the UFC 265, will now seek to bump up a different fight to serve as the co-main event. While interim heavyweight title fight between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gain headlines the card. And then Amanda puts out a statement. We were more than ready for this fight. Unfortunately, shit happens. Stay tuned for a new date. Um, and then in Portuguese, she puts um, tested positive for COVID. New day soon. And then her wife put out another statement. Thank you for all the kind words. It's been a rough week. Um, Speedy recovery to Amanda Nunez. I hope it's a mild case. I hope it's not something similar to what happened to Alex Volkanovsky. I hope it's a mild case. Or Hamzat. This is... uh I don't know. This doesn't. I think this is a video. It is a video. Or well, I'll read to you what it says. Brett Primus is happy to have a new six fight deal with Bellator, but hasn't been overly thrilled about 
how the promotion has gone about booking his first fight in 17 months. The former lightweight champion will return to action for the first time since his neck crank submission win over Chris Bongard at UFC 240 in February 2020 when he meets promotional newcomer Islam Mamidov at Bellator 263. The event takes place this Saturday at the Forum in Inglewood, California and will air on Showtime. An exclusive interview with MMA fighting Mike Heck Primus explained where his frustrations come from being told that he was set to compete on a few different cards since his second straight submission win and then falling through. Knowing Mamidov is dangerous is a dangerous opponent, but being unhappy not facing a top ranked a top ten ranked opponent, his reaction to signing a new deal with Bellator. His plans to call out Patricio Pitbull after the fight and why he hopes Pitbull smashes AJ McKee in the main event. Eesh. I I prob the thing is that because they've already because again you know how I said AJ has two fights left. The problem is that if AJ wins in spectacular fashion, they're probably gonna go. Okay, let's run it again at 155, and he just doesn't want to wait. I guarantee you that's what it is. I'll do two more. Actually, three, because I saw another one that caught my eye. Jessica Rose Clark to return from ACL injury versus Jocelyn Edwards at, Octo- uh, at October 23 UFC event. 23rd, I said 23. Jessica Rose Clark will return to action over a year after her first octagon finish. Multiple people with knowledge of the promotion's plans confirmed that two MMA fighting that Clark will face Jocelyn Edwards at UFC event on October 23rd. A location or venue has yet to be officially announced, but the card is expected to take place at the Apex in Las Vegas. ESPN was first to report the booking. Clark snapped a two-fight skid in her most recent appearance at UFC Vegas 11 this past September with a third-round TKO win over Sarah Alpar. Since then, Jesse Jess has been recovering from an ACL injury which required surgery. The 33-year-old is 3-2 and two with the UFC, which includes victories over Paige Van Zandt and Beck Rollins. Edwards will make her third octagon appearance and will look to bounce back from her first UFC loss to Carol Rosa at, at February's UFC Vegas 18 event. La Pantera was victorious in her short-notice promotional debut against Wu Yanang at UFC Fight Island 7. In January, Edwards was originally scheduled to face... Zyra Farin, Farin, Zyra Farin on August 28th, but the fight will no longer happen for undisclosed reasons. And all right, let's see what you got, Jesse Jess. Two more, two more, and then we're out of here. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. There might be. A few more, cause I want I haven't seen these. Modern reports: Patricio Pitbull addresses press conference altercation with AJ McKee. I will make him show some respect. It's safe to say that McKee's family got under Pitbull's skin on Tuesday at the Bellator 263. Things went south when he started talking shit about respect. Pitbull said. Everyone knows his father was saying to the media that I was on drugs. After that, he said something about how he would beat me in front of my family. 
I will make him show some respect for them. The last one to talk shit like this, I kicked his ass in less than a minute. He's talking about Michael Chandler. Now he deserves the same thing. <laughs> McKee's father, Antonio McKee, is an accomplished MMA fighter in his own right and serves as his son's head coach. In the pre-fight interview with Showtime Sports last month, the elder McKee brought up the topic of performance-enhancing drugs usage in Bellator. While he stopped shortly of directly accusing Pitbull, he left the suggestion out there. The only thing we're really concerned about is that USADA steps in and makes sure these fighters are doing drug tests because a fighter being at his age, not accusing him of anything, but look at pictures of him in the past and look at pictures of him now. McKee said, I'm 51 years old, man, and you see this shit? I'm yanked up. This is all natural hard work, but let me tell you something to maintain muscle genetically. It's a lot harder for others versus people of color. Not to bring color into it but genetically it's a lot different it's a little different so i'm just looking forward to usada making sure we get those good tests and everything is great because we are going to pass all the tests those comments have struck a chord with pitbull the two division bellator champion has never failed a drug test in his career and has at times been adamant in requesting more stringent testing for his fights the accusation cu coupled with the comments about his family is what sent Pitbull off. I don't know. He has 60 years, Pitbull said. He is stronger than me. So he's on drugs too, maybe. I don't know what he want, What he wants. I'm 34, man. I'm not 60 or 40. I'm a competitor and still a, a little bit fat. F, man. He's afraid of what, what will happen. I'm going to kick his ass up. That's what it says. I'm going to kick his ass up. Pitbull will have his chance to sign McKee's family tomorrow at the Forum in Los Angeles, California. Two more and now, I promise. Artem Lobo announces retirement. Artem is stepping away from the fight game. The former UFC fighter and bare knuckle boxing star announced his retirement Friday following a loss to Olympic silver medalist Dennis Burinslick this past weekend in a bare knuckle bout at Mahaj FC in Kiev, Ukraine. Kyiv, Ukraine. MMA fighting confirmed the news with Lobov Associates. At the online entertainment platform Paramatch. Following a report from Ariel Hawani, MMA Plus was the first to report that Lobov mentioned retirement shortly after his fight with Berhenich. It is true, it's time to close the career, Lobov said in a statement to MMA fighting provided by Paramatch. There are plenty of other options and suggestions to prolong my path, but not fighting. In order to succeed, you have to say goodbye and concentrate on other things. Of course, I'll be with Matt Hatch and Paramount Match team. All my sponsors are already family to me. I feel this support indeed. So I won't say goodbye from all the fighting activities, but I need to finish my career as a fighter. 
Lobov retires from active combat sports competition with a 14 and 15 record and a 2 and 2 record in bare knuckle boxing. The Russian Hammer never had a championship resume, but his willingness to take on any opponent and his unspoken personality made him a fan favorite. With Artem, the GOAT becoming a popular meme among the fight fans. His burst onto the scene in 2015 as a cast member of The Ultimate Fighter 22, where he was coached by his close friend and longtime training partner Conor McGregor. Lobov made it to that season's lightweight finals where he was defeated by Ryan Hall. Lobov went on to compete six more times in the UFC, scoring wins over Terichio Ishihara, Terichio Ishihara and Chris, uh, Chris Avila while falling short against Andre Feely and Cub Swanson. His battle with Swanson served as the main event on UFC Nashville in April 2017. His last fight in the UFC, Lobov lost a unanimous decision to Michael Johnson. The 34-year-old then ventured into the world of bare-knuckle boxing, where he won two fights in his four appearance for BKFC, including a high-profile victory against former world champion boxer Pauli Malignaggi. Ahead of his fight with Birinich, Lobov spoke to MMA fighting about his legacy and he hopes that a win over Birinich could elevate him to big money boxing matches against an opponent like Ryan Garcia. He also said he planned to continue competing in MMA, but for now it appears that Lobov has fought for the last time. The GOAT, Artem Lobov. Vitor Belfort on why Oscar De La Hoya trailer fight will will thrill. You have two guys with big webbles. Legacy and generation again and again, former UFC champion Vito Belfort used those words to describe the inspiration and appeal of Triller's pay-per-view headliner with former champ Oscar De La Hoya. On September 11th at the Staples Center, Belfort said that the spotlight will be on fighters who paved the way for others and the audience is generations of fight fans who've seen them go from young lions to young dinosaurs. <laughs> Don't confuse what Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul did with what he and De La Hoya are doing, instructed the phenom. I'm looking to fight the best guys, Belfort told reporters before taking the stage for a press conference in support of the boxing match. This is not an exhibition. It's not a YouTuber here. We're not talking about guys going there and putting on a freaking show. That's not me. This is no legacy. There is no legacy. That is what Floyd Mayweather and the other kid with one loss and zero wins did. How embarrassing this was for a fighter to fight a guy like that. A guy like Mayweather, a great a great boxer. I take respect for Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar, De La Hoya. Oscar is jumping fight one of the fiercest men in MMA history. Belfort has been absent from the cage for over three years while Oscar De La Hoya hasn't stepped in the boxing ring in over 12. The attendance at the press conference was sparse and the stakes of the fight turned from exhibition to professional but the request of its participants wasn't clear. Belfort though said the appeal of the fight is in watching two legends turn over new pages. He's aiming to finish De La Hoya and then perhaps take out former champion Vander Holyfield if Triller can make it happen. 
They are clearly part of a trend in celebrity boxing and freak show matchups that are hosted online. But Belfour maintains they are doing something different that has never been done before. He dubbed himself the Bruce Lee of MMA and credited his star for allowing Conor McGregor's De La Hoya, he added, had made way for Mayweather. I see us as the Red Sea opener, Belfort said. We opened the Red Sea, we put the ring in the middle, and the show's on Triller, so you cannot miss that. Triller hopes fans agree as it moves beyond the business of promotion. The Paul brand. After hitting Pager with Tyson versus Jones Jr. and Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, the social media platform is branching out and testing waters with new spectacles. Belfort might have a fraction of Jake Paul and Logan Paul's social media following, but where he promises to deliver is the quality of action. You have two guys with big webbles, Belfort said. They're, they're fighters. They're not YouTubers. We're, we entertain we entertain for real things. Oscar De La Hoya might die. Alright guys, well I'm out of here. Have yourself a good weekend. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. Deuces.